We are now uh, discussing for the next few weeks um, the resurrection. What happened before Jesus rose from the grave? So Easter is coming up on the first of next month. And um, and so every Sunday leading up to that, we're going to be talking about what took place prior to the very first Easter, if you will. Now, the the term Easter is interesting because um, it's it's not a it's not a word you're going to find in the Bible. Okay, um, the the term Easter and the Easter Bunny in the in the eggs. I was thinking about it this morning. I've lived my whole life hearing about the Easter bunny and it just dawned on me this morning that that bunnies don't lay eggs. <laughs> I, I've, and, and so um, this morning I'm like, what in the world are we doing with a bunny and eggs? Like bunnies don't. And then I started second guessing myself. I was like, or do they? And so I was like 99.9% sure that they don't. And I was like, I better Google this to make sure before I go up there and say something silly. So I don't know where eggs and, and bunnies, uh, I don't, I don't know where, where bunnies laying eggs came from. I don't care where it came from. Uh, but let me just tell you this, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what we now call Easter, it's more than bunnies laying eggs. Can I get an amen on that? Can I get an amen on that? It's it's always fascinating to me on how um, people who, who do not believe in God or are not Christians, they'll participate in Christmas and Easter, but they don't believe in how it all got started. And if that's you today, I don't want you to feel awkward. I want you to feel celebrated. I'm glad you're here. And hopefully by the end of the message, I can compel you uh, to, to join our faith in Jesus Christ. Um, the resurrection is a big deal. Uh, without Jesus coming out of that grave, um, we don't have a message. We can just shut the door down, turn this place into a mall. Uh, if he, if he never came out of the grave, we do not have anything to talk about. Uh, when people say, what's the difference between your religion and the other 500? Because there's 500 religions and 700 gods. What's the difference between yours? You just say, my God came out of the grave. And, and you just say, it just say, look, Jesus hung on a cross, he went in a grave, three days later he came out and he had a fish fry on the beach. Anybody who can do that, I'm going to worship. What did your God do? Let me read this scripture to you. Um, it is in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14. It reads like this, and if Christ has not been raised then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Everything wraps around that. If somebody ever says, uh, what, what do you believe? Uh, why do you believe that? Uh, you just go back to the resurrection. You don't, you don't even need to talk about everything else. You don't need to talk about Adam and Eve and, and whether or not it was a, a grapefruit or an apple or a peach or a pear. Who gives a rip? I'm going to get back to... Uh, uh, that, that what I just said, because, uh, uh, never mind, I'm chasing rabbits or eggs. 
You could just go back to the resurrection. It's all about the resurrection. It's all about coming out of that grave. Because when he came out of that grave, what he established is that sickness and sin, what he established was death and disease does not get the final word. It does not get the final word. It does, if you have a mother, a father, a grandfather, a son, a daughter, a family member that died of any kind of disease, that disease expired the day they left this earth. It expired. It was over. It was like an expiration day. It's like a loaf of bread. It expired. And, and if they had a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says this. To be absent from the body means to be present with Christ. So they took their last breath. They left that hospital bed. They were with God. The sickness was still in room 104. Are you with me? Have you ever walked up to somebody in a casket and you're like, that's not them. Have you, everybody always says that. That's not them. That is not my dad. It's not, no, it, that was his suit while he was here. And he is so glad he doesn't have it anymore. I, somebody in our church texted me uh, yesterday and said that her father was in a terrible car accident and he passed away. Car accident yesterday, passed away yesterday. We always have to make sure our heart is ready. And uh, it wasn't time to say what I wanted to say. I know the appropriate thing to say was, I am so sorry. That's, that's what I needed to say then. But when the time is right, I'm going to remind her that if he had the option to come back, he wouldn't. There is no way he would not come back. There's two things every single person, if you have a loved one, I don't know why I'm spending so much time on this point, I just feel compelled to. If you have a loved one that has died and they're in heaven, if they could come back just for 30 seconds, they would say two things. They would say, number one, I am so happy and I don't want to come back. And number two, heaven and hell are real. Those would be the two things that they'd say. But it's all because of the resurrection. If it weren't for the resurrection, we would have nothing to look forward to. If it weren't for the resurrection, we, would ha- we wouldn't have a God. We wouldn't have anyone to worship. If it weren't for the resurrection, we don't have anything. It's the resurrection that comes back. And so what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're just going to unpack scenes that happened in Jesus's life leading up to the cross, leading up to the resurrection. Here's the first scene I want to unpack with you. It's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 27. It reads like this. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the elders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. When He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. It's interesting because Peter was a disciple. He followed around Jesus for three years. Everywhere Jesus went, Peter went. But in this particular situation, he wanted to be with Jesus, but he didn't 
want to risk his life. Uh, so many of us go through seasons where we want to be with Jesus. We just don't want our life to have to change over it. Did you hear that? That was so good. Just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case you didn't hear it. I got, I got to do it Pentecostal style. If you weren't raised Pentecostal, just hang on. It'll be over in a minute. If there's so many of us that we love Jesus, but we want to follow him without our life having to change. I don't want my life to change. There's certain comforts that I enjoy. I don't want to stop doing them, but I still want to follow you. That causes a, a serious issue because God has a culture. If I come walking in your house, how many of you that when people come in their, your house, they're allowed to continue to wear their shoes as they walk around in your house? Raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand if you, when they come in your house, you expect them to take their shoes off. Go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. That's your culture. Raise your hand if you're allowed to sit on the couch and eat dinner. Hold your hand. Is, is that allowed? Is that allowed? Raise your hand if that's not allowed. That's not allowed. You need to sit at the table. I bought the table from Mattress Mac. We're going to sit. He did not save me money. And we're going <laughs> to, we're going to sit at this table. Um, that is your culture. Everyone has a culture. And the reason why you have a culture is because God made you in his likeness. He has a culture. There's things that he likes. There's things that he doesn't like. There's things that he loves. There's things that he hates. And there's also things that if we want to hang on to them, we can't be close to him. Uh, we're Texans. We, we, we love CHLs and guns. I gotta be careful here because I don't wanna get political, but you can carry your gun all you want to. You just can't go on airplanes. You can, you can have your comforts and your likes and your desires. You just can't be close to the Lord. You have to choose that. And you say, well, what comforts are you talking about? I'm so glad you asked. Because I got three of them that I want to talk to you about. The first one is the comfort of blending in. See, light does not have any fellowship with darkness. Salt water and fresh water have no fellowship with each other. And, and what we want to do is we want to blend in. And what do I mean by that? Peter was following Jesus and, and he knew that if I just blend in with this crowd, if I can just blend in, um, I can still follow him, I can still love him, but I don't have to be uncomfortable. And, and blending in in 2018 is something we still enjoy doing. I'll give you an example. If you, uh, when you go to the office, if there's people in the office that don't know that you love Jesus a lot, there's a comfort in that for you. There's a comfort in that for you because now uh, you don't think that they're going to judge you and, and hold you to a standard that you can't reach. And so it feels good to kind of keep quiet about it and not be so open about it. And, and if you're, if you're open about it, people might think that you're a preacher. And, and if you're open about it, people might think that you think that you are better than them. And so you, you want to stay quiet and it's far more comfortable that way to just blend in. 
and, and in your neighborhood, you know, Mr. Jones is and Mrs. Jones, everything is fine. We have no problem talking to each other when we check the mail together. Hey, Mrs. Jones. Hey, how are the children? But if they knew that you love Jesus so much and, and it's like, hey, do you, how are the children? How's the puppy? Do you have a church home? That question right there separates you. You are no longer blending in. And so often we're just like, I just want to blend in. I want to blend in. It's not as risky. It's not as risky. Let me just tell you, you can blend in and still have a reservation in heaven because it's all about who you believe in. That's what gets you to heaven. But if you choose to blend in, your life here will never be used by God and, and God can't flow through your life. I don't know what your hopes and expectations are in this world. Maybe it's to have a certain amount of money or drive a certain car. But for me, when I live my life, I want to wake up on a Monday or a Thursday or Friday and to be able to walk and feel the whisper and the warmth of God. And if there's at any moment, at any time, I look at somebody and the Lord whispers to me, go talk to them. I want to be available for that. There's nothing in this world that I love so much. There's no comfort in this world I love so much that I want to hang on to and exchange the option or the ability for God to whisper into my heart and say, go talk to him. You may see that same lady or that same guy walking up and down the street every single day, walking their dog. And one of these days, the Lord just whispers a word of knowledge to you. Maybe a prophetic word in your spirit. and You go talk to them. But you can't do that blending in. The second area of comfort is the gray areas. I'm going to tell you in a moment of transparency, God dealt with me about this about two or three weeks ago. And so now here I am. You're going to hear it the second time. I preached it to myself for the last three weeks and I'm still digesting it because there's certain gray areas that 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 we as Christians want to stay in. Uh, we don't want to be too rambunctious about God because we want to blend in. And, and then at, at the same time, we don't want to just be a rank out, you know, heathen. So we try to find this, this middle ground of gray. Let me just tell you, there's not 47 shades of gray or whatever that movie is. What is it? 50 shades, see? Keeps going up every time I turn around. There's no gray. There's light and there's darkness. And darkness has no fellowship with light. It's like, I have no fellowship. It's gross. I have no fellowship. Spring break is coming up. It's amazing to me. On how many Christian college kids around the country are going to worship God. But oh, they're going to Destin, Florida this week. I don't think they're going with like a message to preach either. They're going to blend in. Go find that gray area. You know, sometimes we find a gray area as adults. We just, we have certain words. Like a minute ago, I said, uh, you know, uh, don't give a rip. Well, where, where'd rip come from? Oh, shucks. It, it, we got this, these Christian cuss words. Oh, phooey. Where, 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 
do you think Fooey was when it was right here? When Fooey, you were like, oh, Fooey, and it got about right here, and it turned into Fooey. But right in here, it wasn't no Fooey about it. It started with an F, and it had the same gusto, but it wasn't Fooey. Don't give a dang. Dang. Yeah, we can get away with that in church. Oh, dang. Yeah, good for you. You, I know what you were thinking. It wasn't dang. It wasn't dang when you saw what you saw and heard what you heard. You weren't like, dang. It was like, blah, 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 and then he got right here like, dang. <laughs> you get around people who are not Christians and they're looking at you like you're crazy. Fooey, dang, what, what in the world? And it's like we want to just say out loud, let me tell you what's going on in here. I'm saying I'm dropping the F-bomb right in here, but when I get right here, I'm like, I turn into fooey. There's certain words, they start with the same letter, they got the same number of characters in it, and when we say it right in here, boy, it blows up just like any other word, and right at the last second, fooey. Dang. I'm going to tell you, it's a gray area. How far can I, how, how, can, I just want to blend in. I want to be gray. I want to be gray. I want to, want to wear the same clothes. I want to dress the same way. I want to act the same way. But Jesus, I want you to know I love you. I'm just going to be at a distance. I'm going to be at a distance. Here's something I learned. That's something I learned uh, while I was putting this sermon together. And, and usually whenever I'm putting a sermon together, I've got a pad of paper right here, and I've already studied and read and studied and read and studied and read. And so I put a pad of paper on the, on the table, and I, I pull out a pen, and I just start talking to you. You're not in the room, obviously. I just start talking to you. And, and whatever comes out after all the reading and after all the studying, whatever comes out, I just start writing it down. Boom, 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 boom. And that's how... These sermons come together, and I know that's no surprise to you. <laughs> yep, it looks like that message came together like that. Um, but that's how it comes out. But uh, earlier this week, um, I, I was writing, and I just felt like I turned the page. In this moment, for the next few moments, I could feel just in my heart, the Lord was just going to deal with me, and it had nothing to do with you, it had nothing to do with the church, it had nothing to do with my message. And I, I sat down and I wrote these words. I said, I believe that, how did I say it? A life of sacrifice leads to a life of holiness. And a life of holiness sets you apart for an honorable use. Let me say it again. You put your hands together. A, a life of sacrifice. A sacrificial life. God, it feels good to be gray. God, it feels good to blend in. God, this isn't going to send me to hell, is it? All right, then I can do it. But a life of sacrifice leads to a life of holiness. A holiness is to be set apart. 
Holiness is not perfection. It just means separate. It means separate. If, if I'm eating a bowl of cereal and I take out a Fruit Loop and I put it over here, that Fruit Loop is holy. It's separate. It's away from the rest. A life of sacrifice leads to a life of holiness. And a life of holiness sets you apart for an honorable use. Oh, to say, oh God. If there's only one thing, if there's only one thing, if there's only one thing, God, I just, I want to be set apart for an honorable use. I don't want to be a plastic fork or a plastic knife. I want you to use me something like a, like a piece of china. I want you to use me for something honorable. Use me for something special. Is anyone, am I, am I blowing on a, on an ember in anybody's heart right now? Is there something inside of you going, that's me too. That's me too. Yeah, it is. Otherwise, you want to pick this church. There's 79 churches in the woodlands. You pick this one for a reason because there's something that sets me on fire that sets you on fire. That's how God puts families together. One's not any better than the other, but there's just, you just, these people are cut from this cloth and these people are cut from that cloth. And, and when I sit there and I talk about certain things and you go, yeah, me too. That means you're supposed to be here. Now, if you sit here and go, no, it's not me. You're whack. I got good news. There's 79 other churches. <laughs> this message here ain't going to change much. Um, but to say, God, I need you to use me. I want you to use me. Let me read a scripture to you that I hope um, messes with your head a little bit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, it says this. You say, this is very important scripture. You say, I am allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. Oh man, what has happened when our bar is whether or not we're going to go to hell over it? That's our bar. Am I going to hell? Nope. All right. Sweet. Let's rock and roll. Everything is permissible, but it's just not beneficial. Can I do it? Sure, you can do it. Can I eat bluebell for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next 80 years? Sure. Am I going to go to hell? Nope. Sweet. Let's rock and roll. Your health is going to be horrible, though. Whatever. At least I'm not going to hell. Can I do this? Yep, you can do it. Am I going to go to hell? Nope. All right. Let's rock and roll. Your relationship with God is going to be like... Let me unpack another scene. I got two more scenes. Matthew chapter 26, verse 59. The chief priests in the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Uh, Looking, let me just tell you that the Bible calls Satan the father of lies. So every single day he's whispering things into your ears. Every day he never takes a day off. He'll say things like, oh, you can do it. You're not going to go to hell. Oh, you can do it. And then he'll say things like this. Hey, you think you're saved? You think you're a Christian? Do you know, 
Uh, every, God and hell heard how you were talking last night. You think you're saved? Do you think you're a Christian? Let me just tell everybody here. You are saved if you believe that Jesus Christ died for you and he rose on the third day. You are saved. You are saved by what you believe. That's why I love it when they sing that song. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It sounds a little bit better than that, but. That's, you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. It's what you believe gets you into heaven. Just, but just believe. Yeah, just believe in. But having the power and the presence of God in your life, every time you breathe, every time you wake up, before you even open your eyes, you got, I can't earn it. I don't deserve it in your head before you even get out of bed. It's the presence of God is in your room before you even woke up. Let me just tell you, for those of you that a worship song starts coming to your mind, you haven't even opened your, your eyes yet. God knows you woke up and his presence is like, he is awake. She's awake. Hello. Can't earn it. Don't deserve it. And you stand up. No, 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 no. It's the presence of God moving inside of you. That does not happen if you want to stay in the grain zone. You wake up worried and stressed. Oh my goodness, today, what today, 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 today. Oh geez, oh God, oh, 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 oh what are you looking at? It's, 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 there's a father of lies is constantly whispering a false witness. You're not a Christian. You're not saved. The miracle isn't going to happen. It's constantly whispering. Let me just tell you, a guy by the name of Bill Johnson, he's a phenomenal pastor. He said this, he said that faith is not the absence of doubt, but the presence of belief. You may live your entire life and always have a little bit of doubt. Pastor Joel Osteen's father was named Pastor John, and he was like Moses. And uh, before he passed away, well, um, Joel's mother, Dodie, I heard her tell this story. Um, if you don't know who the Osteens are, they pastor America's largest church here in Houston. You don't need to go visit. It's not that great. <laughs> He's on channel 13 at nine o'clock. If you want to check him out, he has got real pretty hair. All right. Anyway, anyway, um, God doesn't have favorites. I tell you, no, <laughs> Uh, but she had polio and she was praying to be healed, praying to be healed. And, and, um, and pastor John said to his wife, Dodie, baby, are you okay? And she said, I'm praying to be healed, but I don't think that, that I'm, I'm going to get healed because I, there's a part of me that doubts on whether or not I'm going to get healed. And, and pastor John said to her, he goes, do you believe a little bit? She goes, well, yeah, I believe a little bit. I mean, I, I believe a little bit enough 
to actually pray. But while I'm praying, I'm doubting. Because, but do you believe a little bit? She's like, yeah. Because the, the little bit is all he needs. Just a little bit. That's Jesus said that. He didn't make that up. He's getting the credit for it right now. But he's the one that said faith the size of a mustard seed. Do you believe a little bit? A little bit. When the father of lies is whispering to you, do you believe a little bit? God, the Bible says that he knows your frame and he knows that you are from dust. He knows what you're capable of doing and what you're not capable of doing. And he knows that you have been praying to a person you have never seen before. And so there's always going to be a little bit of doubt there. But is there a little bit of faith there? Because if there's a little bit of faith there, that's all he needs. So don't let the father of lies whisper a false witness into your soul. You're saved, and that little bit of faith is powerful. It's powerful. Come on. It's powerful. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. I need to save some juice. I got a third service in a minute. Get some Gatorade. I just realized I need to pace myself a little bit. Matthew 26, last and final scene, and I'm done. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, well, what about it? Did you say that or didn't you? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God that you tell us whether you claim to be the Messiah, the son of God. Yes, Jesus said, I am. And in the future, you will see me, the Messiah, sitting at the right hand of God and returning on the clouds of heaven. Come on, somebody, put your hands together for that. Yes, I am. And as a matter of fact, you're going to see me coming out of the clouds. As a matter of fact, you ride camels and I ride clouds. Deal with it. Let me just say this. The Bible says in a twinkling of an eye, click, click, in a twinkling of an eye comes out of the clouds. Oh, I want to, I'm, I'm preaching to you today because preacher Peter wanted to stay at a distance. You will never be impressed with the Lord if you stay at a distance. You will never be impressed with God if you stay at a distance. You will never be impressed if you are a spectator. When you come to church, if you're just a spectator, that guy's a good bass player. Preacher got some good jokes. Got to go see the game. You will never be impressed with God as a spectator. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. But if you say, I'm going to take the little bit of faith I have, God. I'm going to give you my life. No no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what he has in store for those who are willing to make a sacrifice because a sacrificial life leads to a holy life and a holy life sets you apart. Oh, everybody stand to your feet for me, please. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. Let me ask you if that twinkling of an eye were to happen right now. 
Is your heart ready? Are you ready to see Jesus? Are you ready to see Jesus? Almost every single week I encourage you to bring somebody to church with you. It's not for the music. It's not so they can meet our awesome greeters. It's for this moment right here. But right now I'm talking to you. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% sure you're ready to see Jesus? If the answer is no, would you just raise your hand right where you are? I see hands going up. Can everybody raise both hands as a sign of surrender? Nobody looking around. Let's say these few, these simple but yet powerful words. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Will you please forgive me? I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you leave your hands up, your eyes closed? The worship team is going to sing a song. And I just want you to take a minute and just ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything you're trying to speak to me today? And then there's open dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. Let me pray a blessing into your life. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and deliver you. May the grace and peace of God be with you all the days of your life. Jesus' name.